I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Somewhere in the Skies with Ryan Sprague. Hi, Ryan. This is Robbie. I'm an Air Force veteran from the 1970s. I enjoyed my time in the Air Force. Um, I was stationed at Shepard Air Force Base, uh, 1974, 1975. On a Saturday night, around midnight, myself and two uh, other airmen friends of mine, we were uh, sitting heading east. Um, We didn't have any money, so we hadn't been drinking or anything. Uh, we were just southwest of uh, Shepherd Air Force Base, um, low, overcast skies. We could see the uh, kind of the glow of uh, Wichita Falls, Texas, off the bottom of the clouds. Um, traveling west to east, kind of over our right shoulder, uh, two lights came into view, about as bright as uh, 1970s headlights. You know, each one was about bright as a headlight. Uh, traveling west to east. The first one, uh, I'd say it was doing 100 miles an hour. Second one doing maybe 200 miles an hour. Um, they were, I'm guessing, a thousand foot above the ground. Uh, we didn't think much of it. Uh, it was common to see uh, aircraft in the uh, in the area, especially you know around Shepherd. We figured they might be T-38s. Uh, they travel together often. Anyway, we didn't observe any uh, strobes or nav lights, the red, green navs that the aircraft have. Anyway, uh, we just kind of watched it. We weren't thinking much of it, just talking. Well, the instant that the second light, which was traveling approximately twice as fast as the lead light, uh, the instant that the second light caught up with the first, it became one light, not any brighter, about the same uh, as a as a headlight, but also at that instant, it shot straight up vertical from a zero vertical speed to thousands of miles an hour. I've worked around all kind of uh, supersonic aircraft and, and high-tech weapons. I have never seen anything in all the years travel nearly that speed, nothing, nothing at all. Um, we talked about it briefly, uh, kind of what is that? Um, and then we didn't report it because we didn't know how to or where to. And, you know, we were just young airmen. Um, since that time, I've been in aviation all my life. Um, I've met other airmen, uh, Air Force and, uh, and Navy, that have similar and some far more spectacular stories uh, than that. I do want to share that I was uh, stationed at Cannon uh, in 75. I, I went from Shepard to Cannon Air Force Base in January 1976. I did not observe this, but I was uh, friends with some of the security police, the Air Force security police, the SPs. And uh, they would come stay at my place. I had a little place out the back gate and, you know, we'd come, they'd hang out. Uh, we became fairly good friends. Anyway, they observed in January 1976 UFOs on the flight line. Spectacular. Uh, my vision of it, as they described it, is like what we saw in uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. You know, the, that size, that kind of lights. Um, this was multiple nights. 
It was reported by uh, Cannon Air Force Base uh, Command to Washington, D.C. It made the local newspapers, you know, um, but it was the stories of the SPs who actually witnessed it, and it was their terror that, uh, that I remember. Uh, they got into heated debates. Some were angry that uh, it had been turned in because it was devastating to their career. There was a horrible stigma about reporting these things. Uh, my lifetime of dealing with pilots, Air Force pilots especially, whenever you brought up the conversation of, hey, have you ever seen a UFO, UAP? There's a look on their face that comes across that it's not right. It, you can see they, their eyes divert, and uh, it's been that way my whole life dealing with uh, former military pilots. It's, I don't know what it is. I, again, it's the stigma. But, you know, I don't know what the Air Force or Navy tells them. Anyway, uh, that's the... Uh, I absolutely believe those SPs, and uh, I wish someone would kind of look into that. I, I don't understand why... Um, so many of these UAPs, UFOs, have what appears to be NAV lights, you know? I mean, do they have to follow FAA regulations? Um, are they... Uh, if they're human, I don't understand how we did it because, you know, the maneuvers defy physics, as I believe humans understand it today. And it's been going on since at least the 40s and really probably long before that. So, uh, but if... It's not, let's just say, humans that we know. Um, there must be some kind of rules that say they got to have not have lights also. It's kind of, kind of weird. Uh, the, the UFOs that reported that Canon uh, did have lights and that these documents are available, I've, I've found recently online. So, uh, you know, the description of the UFOs and, and the newspaper clippings and that kind of stuff. Anyway, Ryan, uh, I was never scared. It makes me curious more than anything. And uh, I want to thank you for uh, the great shows. I really love your uh, sincerity and uh, your eagerness and your interest. Uh, it really shows. Look forward to uh, listening and uh, to further shows. Again, Ryan, thank you so much. Hi, Ryan. My name is Vivian. I'm 34 years old and I currently live in China, but the event I'm about to describe happened in a place called Black River, which is a rural, sparsely populated suburb about 50 minutes drive from the little town I grew up in in North Queensland on the east coast of Australia. I think it was the year 1997, because I remember around this time was when Princess Diana was killed in Paris, so I believe this could be correct. And if so, that puts me at 10 years old at the time. So this happened one early evening. I think it must have been in the winter, so around June or July, because I remember it was getting dark early in the day. I was with my mum and my dad, and we were getting ready to leave the large property our horses were kept on. This property was quite remote, reached only by a dirt road, and the property itself was just bush and backed onto government land. There were no houses on it or around it um, and the property had no electricity and there were no street lights so it was quite dark at night. On this particular evening we were waiting for our two horses to finish eating their food so we could pack up their feed buckets and head home and I remember we were just standing around our car at the entrance to the property just talking and brushing the horses. I remember it was a clear dark night. There must not have been much moon because I remember it was very dark, but the sky was very clear and full of stars. As we were standing there, one of my parents, I'm not sure now if it was my mum or my dad, said, what do you suppose that is? And I looked up and saw a reddish orange ball of light hovering above Mount Black, which is a pyramid shaped small mountain visible and not too far from the property. It's hard for me to say how far away the light was or how far above Mount Black it was, but it appeared to be larger than the lights of a plane or a helicopter at that distance. I remember describing it later like a miniature sun. It was so bright. It was hovering above the top of the mountain and stationary. We watched it for some minutes before things started to get weird. So after a while it started to move, but not in the way that any aerial craft at the time moved. 
The best way I can describe it is that it zipped along. It zipped across some and then would stop, and then it would zip straight up and stop, then it would zip down again but on a diagonal, and then it would stop. It was able to accelerate from a stationary position to an incredible speed so fast, and also to stop so suddenly it didn't seem to be affected by inertia at all. So it carried on with these movements for maybe five or so minutes. It was almost as if it was making some kind of shape or pattern in the sky with the movements. We were watching it the whole time, and I mean, my eyes were glued to this thing because even though I didn't really know about UFOs at that time, I knew intuitively that what I was seeing was something that did not and could not be a conventional aircraft or a military craft. The speed at which it moved and the way it moved, I just knew we were watching something really special. And so we watched it zip along making these strange movements and then it stopped and hovered completely stationary. Then in less than a second it shot straight up into the sky and was gone. And I mean the speed it shot upwards was like in the blink of an eye it was that fast. When that happened I remember my mum was like okay time to go and we all pretty much ran for the car. I think my parents were pretty freaked out and the whole drive home I remember just sitting in the back seat totally in shock listening as my parents debated about what the heck we all just saw. Being around 10 at the time, I didn't really tell anyone about it until years later, though I did often talk about it with my parents. Memory stayed with me though, as clear as day through all the years. It definitely ignited in me a desire to know more about the UFO phenomena and the universe in general. I have many times over the years searched databases and newspaper records to try and find any other accounts that match what I saw that night. It's definitely shaped the person that I am today and stirred in me a want of something more than just the acceptance of a mundane earthbound life. I do believe whatever or whoever was controlling that craft that night was not from this world and believing that actually brings me optimism. And I think that if humans could just think outside of our earthbound life, there could be an incredible potential for us to explore space and inch closer to understanding our place in the universe and how we got here. I have never had any doubt about what I saw. I never thought, oh, maybe we were wrong, maybe it was a plane. No, um, what we witnessed that night was just so far beyond human capability that it wasn't even a question to me that what we saw was something other than a visiting UFO. So, yeah, that's my story. Um, To this day, I continue to search the skies no matter where I am in the world. And on a few occasions, I've seen things that made me wonder but um, I've never seen anything again that matched what I saw that night in 1997. Though I hope one day maybe I will again. Anyway, um, thanks for listening. I'm Ralphie, and uh, I want to talk about one of my singular, specific experiences, which I had many, many years ago. And... It is because I was a young child at the time, no more than seven years old, that I've always been very open-minded about the existence of unidentified flying objects and other phenomenon, similar phenomenon. Because when we're children, we're open-minded. We're not burdened by the baggage of self-censorship that adults are and I was basically young kid, seven years old on holiday with a family and we're walking down a riverside path very very pleasant very attractive on our way to the beach and My brother ran ahead, my little brother, so my parents kind of ran on to catch up with him because he was the less responsible one, still is. And uh, I kind of fell behind because I was just fascinated by the flow of the river, the sound of the river, everything about it. Just rather like this river here. There's something magical about water, something significant that Grown-ups tend to censor out, but young children are much more aware of, which is probably why they go splashing in puddles and paddling in rivers and throwing stones in rivers, all these sorts of wonderful things. 
and suddenly the atmosphere around me changed. I felt completely on my own in the environment without anybody else being there and a small spherical sphere. It was glowing with tiny minuscule sparks emanating from it, completely silent, floated down the middle of the river slowly, suspended two feet off the water. So it was floating above the water. It just was drifting literally with the speed of the river flow. And it seemed to shimmer like a pearl. And I wasn't particularly frightened. I was just fascinated and I just stood and stared at it. And it traveled a bit further down the river, about 10 meters in front of me and then stopped. And then it drifted back, rising slightly as it came to what to a point where it was level with me and about six to eight feet above my head height. And I just felt that I was being communicated with in a way that I couldn't possibly understand. It's almost like some presence was just acknowledging this curious little humanoid child before it rapidly headed back down following the river and disappeared, completely disappeared. It's almost as if it was, as it, as it was fading away down the river, it was fading away from sight. And I've never forgotten that. It didn't last very long, but it left a very strong impression and particularly because I was a kid, seven-year-old kid, and nothing prepared me for it, and nothing warned me against it. I simply took the experience completely as it happened. So, I didn't even mention it to anybody at the time, but in later years, when the topic of conversation has turned around to more er esoteric things like UFO phenomenon, spirits, ghosts. I mean, this is a question I've always been asked as a funeral director. Do ghosts exist? And the answer is simply yes, they do. If you acknowledge them, they exist in some form. If they did not exist, we would not have a name for them, a word for them, or a concept of them. Simple as that. There's nothing fancy about it. And it's because I'm open-minded and when people, when the topic of conversation comes up and I say I believe that UFOs exist and I've seen UFOs and that was the first sighting, people start to open up a little bit. People who would normally keep quiet and say nothing and keep the lips sealed because of fear, being fearful of scorn ridicule and disbelief suddenly start to communicate and these communications are really quite articulate they certainly exist but one of the misunderstandings is that UFOs are unidentified aerial phenomenon are extraterrestrial is partly true there are also terrestrial aerial phenomenon which are not easily identified unless you communicate in certain circles. But that's the way of the world. That's what it is. One of the skills in life is to accept what we must, learn what we can, and change what we need to. Bye-bye. The incident I had happened in late 1980. I was sitting around the kitchen table with three other people. We were actually playing a game back in the 80s called Masterpiece. I was facing the window which looked south towards a forest and about 100 yards away 
and probably a mile of cemetery on the other side of this forest. As uh, I looked up, I could see two orange pea-sized lights about two miles away uh, over the cemetery. Uh, I thought this was odd because there was never any planes or any type of air traffic in that area. Uh, I said to everybody sitting around the table, oh look, there's a helicopter over top of the forest. Nobody really seemed to take note of it. As I went to play my card, I looked up again, and within a blink of an eye, those orange-colored P-shapes became huge basketball lights within a second, hovering just over the edge of the treetops. I, I stood up, looked, and the left one blinked out, and then the right one blinked out, just like a light switch. I said to, to everybody, what the hell was that? We ran outside, took a look, nothing in the air. There was no sound. The orange lights were, were, were almost spinning. Like what I, what I thought of was the Enterprise on Star Trek when their lights spin and there's that orange swirl. That's what these look like for the second that they were sitting there. It was fascinating. It's, it's been in my mind for 40 years trying to figure out what that was. Um, the biggest thing was how quick it moved from from P-shape to huge basketball shape. Like I said, in a blink of an eye, it was there. Just amazing. You know, from that point on, I, uh, I started to look up in the sky all the time. I was looking, I was trying to find something that maybe that I would see again. I haven't done that, haven't seen another thing, but I'm hopefully one day that I, that I would. It was very exhilarating to see that. And I'm always looking up in the sky and seeing if there is, is something somewhere in the sky that I could see. It was quite the experience. What's up, guys? Ryan Sprague here, and I'm just dropping in to remind you about our Patreon campaign. Somewhere in the Skies is always free to consume, but it's not free to create. So if you want to help the show on a monthly basis, we have tons of rewards for you in return, including shoutouts on the show and website, bonus content and episodes, and free merch. Want to be my guest or pick a topic for the show? You can do that too. So if you'd like to learn more and to help support the show, visit patreon.com slash somewhere skies. Thank you and keep looking up. 
Um, I'm seen as a reasonable person in my circle of friends or like anyone for that matter sees me like a reasonable person like a really rational and driven human being so when I tell them that I saw a UFO and like a crazy like were you okay like did you do drugs did you smoke like what what did you do that's not you I know it doesn't sound like me if you know me but this happened to me I'm, I'm not making this up um, it's it's pretty crazy so hence I also have another witness but the tricky thing is that the, the, the other witness aka my mom has a slightly different version from me I know what I saw I saw what I saw I know that was real if my mom saw something else, like something more, I don't know. I don't know if I didn't see it. So I just know what I saw. This happened in the island of Ischia that I don't know if you know it is an island in the uh, Gulf of Naples in southern Italy and it's a a terribly beautiful place like it's a breathtaking place I I do recommend you to go there on vacation and it's no stranger to UFO sightings so yeah me and my mom were on vacation in Eskia and every night we like to take a stroll down the streets of the island because it's uh, it's it's safer and so we were like walking down the street and we walked all the way to um, Castello Aragonese uh, I think I can translate it as Aragonese Castle it's basically a castle that's in the, in the middle of the sea it's connected to the ground with a bridge um, with a, a stone bridge and so like you can walk your way from the, the island to this uh, smaller island where the castle is and a lot of people go there at night because the castle is is closed at night but it's lit up it's it looks beautiful and so yeah me and my mom we walked all the way there and we were like on the stone bridge because a lot of people go there at night it's a very romantic place really cute place and then and there is a small seat all along the bridge i was sitting on the top and and i was looking at the sky and me and my mom we were looking at the sky and also like the time i, I want to say the time and the place so that i can i don't know that maybe someone working in the field can figure out something like what happened on this freaking day it was in the i don't know it was friday the 12th um july of 2019 and the timing was around uh, 10 p.m. Me and my mom, uh, we were sitting there and we were looking at the sky because where we live, we, we live in the city. So, you know, it's a pretty big deal to see the sky at night for real. And we were looking at the stars and all of a sudden the stars start moving. Like we see a, a group of stars like moving in the sky, flying in formation, in a very mm, neat formation. It was a pretty oblong formation. They were really spaced out amongst one another and they were like, I can't remember how, I didn't count them, but maybe 12, 15, something like that. They were like a lot of them. And they were like traveling through the sky and they looked like stars and they looked like basically very 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 high vehicles like some some kind of plane that was flying really high in the sky and so I was like who is flying at night in this formation at this time and we were like whoa we saw a UFO we saw some UFOs that was crazy that's a pretty big kind of sightening and boy 
if we were in for a treat like we thought it was it wasn't it was only just beginning because we looked again at the sky I can't quite explain it I uh, we saw rings of lights they were like connecting and snapping they were like made of plasma I look like they were rings of lights floating in the sky I think they were really high and if I have to like think about the size I think that if they came down they would have taken maybe I don't know like maybe half or a quarter of the bay I think Loki but surely they would have they, they were bigger than the castle surely and they were like pretty high in the sky I think I think they were a little lower compared to the fleet we saw first but they were like I can't count count them either but it's and it's a very disorganized formation like they weren't flying in formation like the fleet it was just a a huge bundle of rings made of light like oval rings made of light and they were like connecting and snapping connecting and snapping and floating and swimming through the sky and they were like getting into conglomerates into how can I say like crumbs and then they were like separating because there were like two or three of them and then four or five six all together and then snap and then snap and there were also sparks flying through this big group of things and it was like you know when fireworks go off and there are those little sparks flying those little sparks they were like emitting those little sparks and uh, the cute thing is that they weren't like a plain white they were they were really really colorful they were like for me this is where the, my story my mom's story start diverging a little I saw a prevalence of greens, reds, and yellows. My mom agrees, but she says that she also saw some blue and pink. I didn't see as much of a blue and pink in my opinion, but I saw what I saw. I saw green, yellow, and red rings. And there were like at least two of them. They were like these two big groups of like connected rings, and then one of them like kind of dissipated and the other one instead kept being like <laughs> I can't make up words it, it, it kept itself together and they were like they looked like they were rolling or like swimming through the sky it's like it was like the, the fleet we saw first like acted as a sort of bodyguards for these things in the sky and it did I, I was really confused and because I, I, I was like this is not surely this is not a, a vehicle like these are not planes are these are not ships spaceships or whatever and neither they are living beings right because the only way I can describe it is that they were living light, living plasma. Because they didn't look like living conscious beings. They had nothing human or like animal-esque, if I can say so. They were literally rings of light, but they looked like they knew where to go. They were like flying together in this very disorganized uh, group formation. They were rolling and swimming through the sky, so it to me looked like they they had a sort of I don't know intelligence, like they were like we go this way, but they didn't look anything like living creatures. It's ah ah ah, and I the closest thing that I can compare them to is a power up that I that you can find. In a video game called Chicken Invaders and Invaders, Invaders, yeah, Invaders, and you will see like the first search, the first search result, the first pick is this, like like I told you, this triangle made of uh, three uh, oval uh, rings of light connected, red, 
yellow and green and that is exactly what I saw in the sky. I And I'm not making this up because I showed it to my mom and my mom was like, holy crap, this is our UFO. <laughs> and so like, it's not that I, that I'm like, oh my God, you saw it in the sky because you played the game. No, no, no. Like it's, it's just a, com a very, very, very neat comparison. So you can imagine how high I felt, but not how mom felt because my mom, she was chill. She was so chill. She was like, oh, UFOs, aliens. I knew they existed. She was like, oh, hi, hi guys. She was chill. I was screaming. I was like, I, I scram. Like, I was saying, non lo accetto, io questo non lo accetto. I was like, I don't accept it. I don't accept this. I was like screaming under the night sky and the, the aliens, whatever, whatever they were. I was like, I don't accept this. I don't accept this. That's... I, I I was flabbergasted, so I was screaming in disbelief, like I don't accept this, and I also like slowly made myself made made my way back a little lower. Like I told you, I was sitting on this sort of bench, let's call it bench, and then it was there was a lower bench, and I went from this to this because I was like, I'm gonna fall, I'm gonna legit fall onto the rocks, and so I. I I sat lower because I was like, let me take a safer seat. Let me take it. I, I, I'm not feeling well. And so my mom whipped out her camera, but our uh, tech gadgets back then and low-key now uh, sucked. My mom has a very sucky camera. When she took the camera and started recording, like it came out out really sucky you can only see a bunch of lights and it doesn't look really you know it doesn't like you you don't see the ringlets in there you know their look how they actually did like you only see like some shiny dots in the sky it looks horrible and so uh we don't have basically anything to prove what we saw because the footage we took and the pics we took they suck and you can't literally tell anything like it's just like dark sky and some random sparkly dots so yeah only to make matters worse I regret uh, this, is a, this is a decision that I will regret my entire life to not scream people look up frick look the f up nobody was looking up i swear nobody like there there were a few people around us it wasn't crowded because at that moment in the night like it's pretty lonely and it's peaceful but at least a couple of people like there were a couple of people around us and i and my mom like we didn't scream people look up like there are literal UFOs over our heads. I, I didn't do nothing. I was in shock, but I still regret that I didn't do nothing and my mom didn't do nothing. And we say it all the time. We should have like scream to the top of our lungs, but we didn't do anything. And so, yeah, this is our our secret, our our thing. Nobody else saw it. And it's ridiculous because in that spot of the bridge, it's lonely, but if you walk your way towards uh, the island, it, the bridge is really crowded, like a lot of people go there to, to party. And so like, how, how stupid humans are, like there is like a bunch of people there, nobody looks up to the sky to that monstrosity, like I, I swear it, it hits you really hard. and. They, they were actually really pretty and so yeah I don't I don't wanna no offense alien like I didn't say monstrosity as an offense <laughs> and yeah I was like also terrified I was downright terrified because I was like these are here and they are like they're so close to the earth and what are they going to do like I was like are they gonna like laser me right now like I'm looking at them do they want me to look at them 
or like how are they gonna get defensive and like I said like shoot a laser or anything I was like Ugh. so I, I also I think I also didn't scream because I was like oh frick they're gonna they're gonna laser me <laughs> and yeah but they didn't and so since since then uh, I'm like I wish I I saw them again like I I wish that I will see them again one day because they look cute, they look hella cute. And, and so yeah, after this uh, really uh, chaotic moment, uh, this uh, really shocking moment, me and my mom, we went to a bar and we ordered two lava cakes and, <laughs> and tried to calm ourselves down in front of the chocolate lava cakes because that, that was like the right thing to do in that moment. So yeah, and that's the end of the story. Hey Ryan, what's up? My name's David. Alright, so first off, let's start this story off with a dream that I had back around 2016. I'm asleep and I wake up and it is cold and uh... I can feel the breeze all around and I, I open my eyes, I look up and the roof is gone. It's it's just like it, it never existed. It, it was almost like they built a house with no roof. Uh, I, I could see this craft up above, this, this big bright circular disc object and I remember a beam coming down, it was like whitish yellowish in color and it picked me up into the air i can remember watching as as i was gaining altitude rising up in the ship i was looking down watching my feet dangling i, I remember looking at my socks and i remember how cold it was in the dream um when i got into the craft and and i want to say this i was so happy that that they were here you know that the truth has finally came um when i got into the craft there was other people in there they didn't know what was going on i didn't either but the other people didn't have the feeling i had that's for sure um and and i don't remember anything else about that dream but it was cool right um let's fast forward a couple months uh me and my girlfriend rose at the time right we're driving through hamilton new jersey uh where where i'm from and we're going out towards yardville bordentown area and there's a spot that we used to go to because it was right off the road and nobody could see you it was just like completely surrounded by trees because they were going to build uh housing development but they never did it back there i guess you know the the housing market or whatever but it was just nothing you know there was about a quarter mile road that led down there just a strip surrounded by um woods so we used to go back there and we would sit in the back of the hatch of the car of the honda and we would look up into the sky we would watch the stars because we used to love doing that uh that was something that we we did often and and we loved doing it and we believe that there's something else out there you know I want to say that when I was younger, I didn't believe in anything like this. And I thought that anybody that did was crazy, you know. And I came to believe there's things going on that, that we don't know about or that, that we can't explain. And humans don't know and everything, you know. People act like they're God and that they know everything. And just because they can't see something, it doesn't exist. Well... You can't see oxygen, can you? But it keeps us alive. Uh, I, I sort of try to keep an open mind about things, especially things that are reported all over the world by people uh, in, in huge numbers. Uh, I, I think that's very alarming. I think it's scary. But um, I'm sorry. When, when we were back in this area 
I remember that we saw these lights off in the distance. It it looked like uh, a bright, like white light, sort of like maybe with like a yellowish tint at times. And we're like joking with each other because we're trying to figure out what it is, and we're like shooting each other's ideas down. You know, it can't be this because of this or that. And <laughs> I remember.、Um, You know, it was just something that we took notice of.、Uh, there was a lot of other air traffic in the area because I do live by a lot of military bases. There was helicopters in the area, also、uh, passenger planes going by, big ones.、Uh, but these objects were just sort of floating there for a long time too. It seemed like, and、um, we actually noticed other ones. Often in other parts, and and then we we would sort of just not know where they went. I guess maybe we lost track of them. But、uh, I remember that I was holding her. We were looking face to face, and、um, you know it was an intimate moment because at the the time I loved this this girl, and I remember just looking in her eyes. She was beautiful that night, and you know it was.、Uh, It, it was a, a good memory, you know. But as as I'm looking at her, I, I realize that there's lasers everywhere, and I'm like, "What the f? What the f?" I was like, "Rose, Rose, look, look, look!、Um, you can see these laser dots on top of tree lines, okay? So it, it wasn't coming from somebody on the ground. I can tell you that." Because you could see it on top of the tree lines,、uh, it, it was surrounding us literally about the size of like a football field in a 360 degree angle. Okay,、um, it was really cool.、Uh, I was I was really happy. We we saw it and we were literally jumping up and down, shaking our hands in the airs like little kids. In, Christmas, you know, it just felt like such a cool thing, and、um, I remember that it didn't hurt our skin, it didn't burn our eyes, and I remember one thing, one thing that was alarming. I know that lasers can cause cancer and other type of damage.、Um, I didn't get sick or anything like that, or experience any type of pain or discomfort. But um, I, I swear I wanted to get out of there. I want to do. <laughs> I'm sorry. I want to say that I acknowledged their presence by blinking my high beams on and off three times, and then turning my lights on and off three times, and then we、uh, drove out of there. And we were driving back towards like Trenton. Trenton makes World Takes Bridge, and、uh, it felt like they were almost following us.、Uh, before that, though, before we went to the Trenton makes World Takes Bridge around that area, we were driving through Hamilton Square also, and we could still see these lights, which we thought that it could be these ones. It, it almost felt like they were following us. <laughs> And you know that's that's just the paranoia setting in because you know when you have an experience like that it's 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 really a, something crazy and I don't know what it was you know I don't know what the craft was because I couldn't see the object I couldn't see what shape it was all I saw was the light and whatever was shining the laser on us what was amazing is that the lasers were still. And we couldn't even see a craft anywhere near us at that point, so that that was pretty crazy, you know. That's some pretty good technology,、uh, I gotta say. So,、um, yeah, you know, I I want to say also that around that time, I had、uh, sleep paralysis、uh, experience. And I could see something. It felt like something was behind me. Okay, and I still get creeped out even thinking about it. And I couldn't see what it was because it was just a dark figure. It looked like it had a hood on. It looked like it was all black, but with substance to it. 
and it was scary as anything okay it's like something you just one of the worst feelings you could ever experience and then you start worrying about other people in the house is this happening also at the same time so it's it's disturbing to say the least but um yeah i i want to urge people if you see something say something because this is the most significant thing that we could think of you know and I, I believe that there's things being suppressed. I'm, I'm finally happy, at least, that the government's admitting to UFOs and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, where, was this a military craft that sh- shined shine the laser on us? Um, if it was, why would they be doing that? What's the purpose of that? Is it maybe just like a training exercise for some type of bomber maybe? I don't know. Uh, I'd, I'd love to know, you know. I'd, I'd love to hear feedback on this. If, if anybody's had a similar experience, you know. But uh, I just want to say thank you for hearing my story. Uh, I think it's awesome what you're doing, man. You know, uh, keep up the great work, dude. And, uh, you know, I just want to say be safe. These times are crazy right now. And it's, I want to say to everybody keep your heads up through this and have the strength to keep moving on. All right? Hey, if anyone hasn't said it today, I love you. Thank you. Somewhere in the Skies is produced by Third Kind Productions in association with the Entertainment One Podcast Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.